Okay, good morning, everybody. I hope everybody is well. Happy Wednesday for those that are here live. Happy every, any day of the week it is that you're tuning in. For those that are watching us live, we are not in our usual studio. I'm on the road today, but do not want to miss a day with you. Do not want to miss a day of the boost. So wherever we are, we hope to be here with you. Um, the coffee today is different. It's like hotel coffee, you know what I'm talking about? It's not the same. First of all, it's not in a glass. That's A. And B, it's not your usual coffee, but it's okay. That's how we do it. We, we sacrifice. It's all good. Um, yesterday, we were talking about this concept of being a constant learner. Having life throw new situations at us. Seeing things that we never saw before. I was talking to someone yesterday, and they were explaining to me how um, they never fully appreciated a part of their life until they were uh, engaged in it. So they went somewhere, and when they got there, they're like, wow, I wish I would do this more often. And they never appreciated it until they got to this new location. Sometimes it happens, sometimes we get used to our world, and we're okay with our world. And then when we go to a new world, when we go on vacation and see what's possible, when we go to someone else's home and see how they do something, when we have an experience, I don't know if you ever had this before, when you have an experience, and now that you're in something, some, a, a different experience, you are now seeing something that you never really appreciated before, and you say, hey, I want that, or I should be able to have that, or how come I haven't pushed for that before? That's life. Life is about not being fixed. Life is about not saying, if I would have, then I would have this now. So much of life is the recognition that every day I could change and I could bring new things into my life. And sometimes it, ta sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes time. I, I told you about the study that I saw years ago. Um, about entrepreneurs over the age of 50. I forgot where I saw the study. Entrepreneurs over the age of 50 have a higher likelihood of having a successful company than entrepreneurs that are, that are under the age of 25 or under the age of 30. Now, we wouldn't think that because when you're used to seeing an entrepreneur, you're used to seeing them like out of their college dorm room. But think about it. If there's a difference between starting a company with 50 years or 30 years of experience, even if it's in different industries, versus starting a company with no real experience, who's got a better shot? But when you talk to somebody who's an entrepreneur in their 20s, they feel like they're doing the right thing. If you someone who's an entrepreneur in their 50s, they feel like maybe they did something wrong. Maybe had they made the right decisions, their career would have been different. Their, a lot of their friends aren't entrepreneurs. A lot of their friends are maybe even uh, achieving the apex of their careers and, and, and soon retiring. And so we live in this world where we get fixed into this is how I'm supposed to be at this point. And had I been that person, I would have had it until now. And now that I'm an adult, it's too late. I can't study that thing from scratch. I can't do that thing. I can't be that person. This way of thinking is blocking us from so much that's available to us because now that we're older, we make moves that are much more substantive. So let's assume you 
ended up in the right job at 23. Assume. Some people are in the wrong job at 45, 50. They're just too scared to leave because they have what's called golden handcuffs. Where life gets to be, they, they make enough money that they could support their life and making a move after the bills get high enough become very difficult. But let's assume that you make the right call and you're in your 20s and you're in the right job. So that's an incredible gift that you have. But had you seen that later on, you may have been able to achieve the success that you have with less years because you've lived before, because the way you learn is different, because you know so much more. So a person who at 45 would have had something had they had it from their youth, let's say they pick it up at 42, they may get there at 45. And what happens is, is that they're looking at their life and saying, well, now that I'm 42, I can't get there because I would have needed 10, 15, 20 years to get there because they're seeing it from the last time they were making decisions to learn new things, which was 15, 20 years ago. They don't appreciate that. As you get older, yeah, you mean your mind may not be as open, but your mind is filled with so much more. And so, so much of life is the recognition that there is no time in which I can't adapt and change. And what may have taken me a decade may not take me a decade as I get older. Because I may not have that direct experience, but there may be other experiences that I draw on that have the same underlying themes. I was talking to a, a, a parent about their child. This happens sometimes when you live in a faith-based community where people experience and, and express faith through different levels of religious practice. And that's what happens when you live in a faith-based world, people express it differently. And part of doing that is being able to push yourself consistently in your own faith. And at the same time, respecting someone else's expression, which is sometimes difficult. So many times in life, many times, many times I will be talking to a parent, let's say, whose child becomes more, more expressive in their religious practice. Did I say that correctly, right? They look or talk or act in a way that the parents feel rejected. So mom or dad will raise a kid to be sort of one level of religious practice. And the kid will then have their own educational experiences and they'll come back from wherever they go and they'll, let's say, be more religiously inclined. Let me say it better. They'll be more religious practically inclined. And the parents will get very offended. They'll feel like they're being rejected. They'll feel like their child is saying that their upbringing wasn't enough. And they'll, there'll be a lot of tension. I have a friend that won't send his child to certain educational institutions because he's scared that he'll become more, he'll increase his religious practice and then the family will not break apart because this is what happens sometimes. So I was talking to this one parent about it and they were saying, what you, what's going on? He's crazy. He does things that are just not. And clearly 
least for this particular situation, the father was just offended. His father is a well-learned person. And for whatever reason, his son is, takes on different practices than he does. And I was trying to explain to the father that the son isn't rejecting you. The son is expressing you. You, with your educational background, with your life, with what was available to you at your age, is you're fully expressing yourself religiously. Your son had so much more, so much different. And so if you would have been your son, you would have looked like your son. You took a different, you had a different background, but when you, when you get underneath it, your son's actions, in this particular case, I'm not saying it's like that in every scenario, I'm talking about one sort of unified, one, one, uh, one isolated case. Every case is different, every situation is different. Like I said, everyone has their own thing, God bless everyone. In this one isolated case, the son was really the father, but just in a, just a different bit of, of facts that came in. And the father understood that the upbringing that the son had and the lessons that he taught him is very different than what's being expressed. And it could have been that he was teaching him how to push for being the best in his world in sports. And the son applied it to his educational school, his yeshiva. But really what he was doing when he was studying was applying the principle of the father that he gave him when studying math. And although the surface came out different, underlying, it allowed him to skip the line, if you will. It allowed him to grow quicker. That's how life works. And you need to understand that. You need to, we need to believe that. That every experience I have in life even if the substance is different, doesn't mean that the, ex the experience is lost if I change my substance. So if I was once really good at being, uh, let's say a parent, now I wanna try and do something else, my kids are growing up. What I've learned and what I've grown and what I've figured out as a parent isn't irrelevant to my new desire, my new job, my new role, it allows me to accelerate my learning. It allows me to accelerate my, my growth, my capabilities. And so none of us really understand how much we have inside us that when we apply to new circumstances will allow us to be successful in those circumstances. And so when you look at something that's new and you say to yourself, hey, I want to learn that. I want to be good at that. You have to have that confidence that even if I didn't do it until now, doesn't mean I can't do it now. And even if I wish I would have been born with that, I wish I would have had that, I wish I would have majored in that, I wish I would have had that experience or internship. This happened recently to Another friend of mine sharing. I'm just, I hope that the people that are telling me this stuff, whatever, it's a, whatever. I try to like just switch it up so that nobody hears, you know, 
I'm trying to be, uh, I'm just trying to share with you life without tell, telling on people. I was talking to a friend of mine recently who was bemoaning the fact that he doesn't have any financial, um, he doesn't have really a financial plan. And he was sharing with me that a friend of his who's much more financially adept is training his children and his children are going to be much more financially secure because they're learning the habits of financial planning and investing, whereas he didn't have that. And I was trying to explain to him that I know you didn't have that, but you had other things that these kids don't have. You had a certain work ethic that these kids didn't have because you had to start from scratch or you just having to take responsibility for um, your bills without having an investment plan gave you a certain responsibility that these kids didn't have. So don't look back and say, I wish I would have. Just look forward and say, now that I have what I have, maybe if I started learning financial planning and investments so that I can take care of myself into the future, I'm gonna get it quicker. I'm gonna learn it from a different perspective. This, by the way, is the greatness of a great man named Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, we've spoken about here on the show. Rabbi Akiva was one of the greatest rabbis of all time. Rabbi Akiva held the world together. In fact, the entire world after the revolt of Bar Kokhba, which took place um, 80 or some odd years after the destruction of the Second Temple, the entire world basically was in the back of the Akiva. The Akiva didn't know Aleph and Bez, A, B, Jewish ABCs until he was 40. And some commentators say how he became the greatest rabbi because he learned the basics at 40. And so when he learned the basics, his basics were learned very differently than when you learn the basics as a kid. When a five-year-old learns Aleph and Bays, he just sort of takes it for granted and he learns about holidays and he learns about basic Bible stories. And by the time the kid is 13, 14, he knows so many fundamentals, but many times he stops thinking about them. Many times they're just Bible stories. He never questions them. He never asks sophisticated questions on Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob as to why this happened or why this is the way it is. He just takes it as a given because it was given to him too young. And sometimes, and this happens a lot with an incredible community that we're blessed with called the Balichuva community. Balichuvas are the greatest gifts our people have. And many times their greatness is because they learn later in life, because they come to some of the most basic tenets of Jewish thought and belief, and they come to it later in life with their experiences, and they they come in and say, well, why is that? And when they learn things that the kids learn, they don't learn it the same way. They learn it in an entirely different way. It's quicker, deeper, with more sophistication. And Rabbi Akiva became the greatest rabbi, maybe because he started learning later in so when he approached the basics, he approached them much differently. That's what it means to have a growth mindset. That's what it means to never 
look at your life and say, I wish I was, or I wish, I wish it were. When you approach your life and you see something and say, I want to be like that, or I want to know that, or I want to shift into that. You have to first understand and believe that there's no concept of I wish I was. Today, when you take on something new, you're doing it in a way that you never could have done it had you done it yesterday. And when you recognize, and when we recognize that that's how life works, we build on our experiences, we build on our failures, we build on our successes, even if they look differently. But when, whenever we see something that needs to be different or fixed, we have the ability to, to grow into it. We become lifelong learners. We become growth-minded. We, we constantly adapt. And that mentality, that excitement, that hopefulness, that's what it, I believe it means to be great. It means to never say, I wish. To never say, it, 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 if, it, if it were different, I'd be different. You see something, wherever you are, you make a decision and you start growing in that area. And you realize that what you did yesterday is going to come in to help you in a way that you never thought possible. And you may not see the connection ever, but it's there. And when you embrace new opportunities and activities and challenges and information wherever you are, you may be looking at it in a way that no one ever looked at it before. There was one time we were doing a class, and I'll end with this, we were doing a class once in Israel for our momentum trip. And we were studying a, a, a line in the Torah. And then there was a guy who didn't want to participate because he didn't know how to read Hebrew and he never really studied in Torah before. And he was embarrassed. He was a sophisticated attorney, a very smart guy, and he's in this new world. So I said to him, just jump in. So he jumps in and he's studying with a rabbi who's been studying for years. And I'm watching this two, these two guys, same age, two different worlds. One guy's a rabbi in Israel who's studying at the most sophisticated level. To him, a Bible story is like, come on. Other guy is a brilliant attorney who has never studied maybe a word after Hebrew school. And they're sitting over a line in, in Genesis. And this lawyer is asking questions and the rabbi's like, I don't know. He was like, what do you mean you don't know? You've been studying for 40 years. He's like, yeah, but I never saw it that way. Or never thought of it that way. Or I didn't even, he didn't even have the background because this man is asking questions through the prism of an attorney in the United States. And I'm watching and I'm seeing these two men go at it and I'm learning at that moment, that this, this concept. That this rabbi never could have appreciated that same line if the attorney who never studied wouldn't have brought his perspective to a story that the rabbi took for granted, even though he knows every single commentator by heart. That's what learning is about. That's what growth is about. That's the opportunity that me and you have every day.
to bring a fresh perspective, to bring a different perspective, to bring our perspective into, into our world, into what we want. But it has to come when we are growth-minded. All right, we'll talk about this. All right, everybody. Hopefully tomorrow, with God's help, we'll be back in the studio. Um, but thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, wherever we are, I hope we're together. Have a great day. I'm looking forward to, to, to God's help seeing you tomorrow. Have a great day.